Well, good morning, my friends. This is podcast number 565. This is for Thursday the 9th. Grab your Bibles, grab your notepads, and let me pray for us. Lord, I ask you to open our eyes and to enhance our understanding so that we can grasp what you want us to learn today. I also ask you to enable us by your Spirit to apply the truths that we learn to our daily lives and to be guided moment by moment by your Word and by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grab your Bibles, and uh, as I'm turning to Revelation 1-3, please turn there, and we'll read this out loud together. Revelation 1-3, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. God bless you in the reading of the word. As we get into, uh, out of Revelation chapter 11, where we were introduced to the seven judgments, or seventh trumpet, excuse me, which actually uh, constitutes seven new bowl judgments and really everything just kind of coming unglued on the earth. These judgments will be unleashed on the earth just a bit later in Revelation. In today's reading, we focus attention on a preliminary event, an event that's called Satan's ousting from heaven and his great persecution of Israel. Now, I told you I was reading a, a book by called Revealing Revelation, then I wasn't going to share too much of it. <clears throat> None at all, I guess, that's what I said. But I'm going to take back a little bit because I was reading chapter 12 in here. <clears throat> and Amir says something, and I, I kind of like the way he put it. He says, after stepping back into the judgment narrative with the seventh trumpet, that was in chapter 11, John steps right back out. He steps in, now he steps back out. It's story time in heaven, and while we're reading it in a book, he was watching it play out in the heavens. John makes it perfectly clear that we are shifting gears with the first seven words of this chapter, and those seven words are this, now a great sign appeared in heaven, Revelation 12.1. John tells us uh, he is a, John tells us he, John tells us he is about to see something that is a sign or a symbol of something else. Sorry, it took me a minute to read that and to get it clear, but I wanted to get it clear. So let's turn to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 1. We're going to read verses 1 through 6, but we won't probably get all through it today. And a great sign, underlined sign, appeared in heaven. Underline heaven, because now we're back. John's back in the throne room of heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. Um, and another sign, underlined sign, appeared in heaven. Heaven again. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Does that sound familiar? But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God in which she is nourished for 1,260 days, which is um, half the revelation or half the tribulation. So let's get into this. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman. Remember, the woman represents Israel who is, catch this, the wife of God. You say, Gary, how in the world can you say that, that God has a wife? Well, let's look at what the scripture says. Back to Isaiah, the Old Testament, chapter 54. 
Isaiah 54, verses 5 and 6. <clears throat> Isaiah says to the Jews, For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. For the Lord has called you like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of youth when she is cast off, says your God. Well, that's just Isaiah. Well, let's turn to Jeremiah. I know this is hard to grasp for those who've never heard this concept before, that God is like a husband to Israel. Jeremiah 31 and verse 32 says, um, let me make sure I'm in the right chapter here, 31, 32, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. That was Jeremiah 31, verses 31 and 32, often called the new covenant. Let's uh, go to Second Chronicles chapter 2. So back a few books to 2 Chronicles right after First and 2 Kings is 1 Chronicles and then 2 Chronicles chapter 2 verse 4. Solomon talking here says, Behold, I'm about to build a house for the name of the Lord my God and dedicated to him uh, uh, for the burning of incense of sweet spices before him and for the regular arrangement of the showbread for the burnt offerings morning and evening on the Sabbaths and the new moons and the appointed feasts of the Lord our God as ordained for Israel forever. So go back to Revelation chapter 12 and let's go read some more in chapter 12. Uh, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. So as we look at this, we see a woman. She's revealed as Israel. We also see moons. New moons are associated with covenant worship. We saw that in Second Chronicles 2.4 as um as Solomon says, I'm, I'm about to build this temple, and then he gets into the new moons and the Sabbath and all of those things. The Jews had a specific way of worship all lined out by God. And then it says that she, um, on her head, a crown of 12 stars, 12 stars. The 12 stars represent the 12, uh, 12, 12 tribes of Israel. So we see a woman who is Israel, who is the, the wife of God. Uh, we see new moons associated with covenant worship, and then we see the 12 stars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then it says she was pregnant and crying out in birth pains. Look at verse 2. She was pregnant, was crying out in birth pains, and the agony of giving birth. This likely refers to the harsh treatment of the Jewish nation throughout the centuries as it awaits the eventual birth, the appearance of the Messiah. We need to understand that the old points to the new and the new reveals the old when it comes to the Testaments. It's one story throughout the, the old and the new. The Jews don't believe that. The Jews that don't uh, see Jesus as the Messiah don't believe that. But one day, many of them will. And so we see this story uh, unfolding as we read it, but John is seeing it unfold in heaven as if it's happening at that moment, even though it's a future uh, tense thing to happen. She was pregnant, was crying out with birth pains. Who was pregnant? Israel was pregnant because the Messiah was to be born. So what was the response of 
uh, the dragon. Look at verse 3. And another sign underlined it appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and on its head seven diadems. Behold, a great red dragon. This is Satan. Red uh, may imply bloodshed, for Satan has always been a murderer. John chapter 8 and verse 44 says he's a liar and he's a murderer, right? He's not someone to be trusted. And who does he want to kill? He wants to kill the child that is coming out of Israel. And who's coming out of Israel? The child. It would be the Messiah. Do you see how this begins to line up and why this is a spiritual battle that's been going on forever? Seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. Uh, there's a familiar, uh, a similar description in Daniel chapter 7. You can read that on your own, verses 7 and 8 and verse 24. And then we'll get into Revelation 13 later next week. Uh, they both infer that this points to uh, Satan's control over world empires during the tribulation period, apparently through the Antichrist. These are nations. The ten horns apparently represent the ten kings of Daniel 7, 7. This is a coalition that the Antichrist will control, empowered by Satan with great authority. Uh, the ten countries headed by the ten kings will form the nucleus of a world empire, the empire that the Antichrist and thus Satan will control. The seven heads and seven crowns apparently refer to the principal leaders of this empire. So what is John seeing? John's seeing the nation of Israel, John seeing the birth of the Messiah, John seeing Satan trying to destroy it. He can't destroy uh, the Messiah, so he goes after Israel. And that's what's going to happen in the future. Israel has already been under great um, persecution for years. And uh, it's it's been a country trying to be eliminated for years by different countries, but all because of satanic influence, because they are the wife of God. Then it says, his tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven. Uh, chapter uh, 12, verse 4. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. Um, the first five verses of Revelation 12 appear to contain kind of a mini history of Satan and his work. Verse 4 refers to the fall of angels who followed Satan. The word stars is sometimes used of angels in the Bible. Uh, look up Job 38, verse 7 this week. Lucifer apparently convinced a third of the angels uh, in, in the angelic realm to join him in the rebellion against God. Imagine that. Even under God's leadership in heaven, angels fell. Satan is that convincing. <clears throat> and he convinced a third of the angels, it appears, to come down to uh, this earth. And the dragon stood before the woman. Look at this. Picture this in your mind. Get yourself in the story. Look at John is seeing. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that, she, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. His goal has always been to destroy um, Jesus. Uh, Satan desired to kill the promised Messiah at birth. Remember, under the providence of God, Satan was unsuccessful. Remember Matthew chapter two, uh, two verses 13 through 18. Jesus as a child, there was an attempt to kill any male child under the, year, under the age of two. And Herod had many of them killed, all obviously under the control of Satan. And then we, in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8, we know the 
we're warned to be on guard for our enemy is like a, a lion to, seeking whom he may devour. Um, and you remember in Matthew chapter 4, when he couldn't have Jesus killed, he tried to uh, um, pervert the plan of God and tried to get Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 and in Luke chapter 4 uh, through temptation to give up that journey that he was on and the plan of salvation. Um, so he was trying to destroy. And who was he trying to destroy? The male child. Who is that male child? It's Jesus Christ. Let's look at some scriptures in the New Testament. Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. Matthew 1.1. 1, 1. Speaking of uh, the genealogy of Christ, this is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son, which is a male child of David, and the son of Abraham. Go back to Isaiah. Isaiah, the prophecy that Jesus... Um, fulfilled in Isaiah chapter 9 uh, verse 6 and 7 for unto us a child is born to us a son is given the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace so a child is born a male child a son is given and um, the destroyer um, Satan wants to destroy this child. Wow. Why? Because he destroys the plan of God, right? Uh, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8 says, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. See, we see the child, Jesus Christ. He came, he was born. Uh, that wasn't his first moment on the earth. We know that. Jesus always was um, and uh, and always will be. The Bible says in John 1, he was in the beginning with God and he was God. And nothing was made that wasn't made by him. And John 1, 14 says, then he became flesh, uh, wrapped himself in human flesh and dwelt among us. Now go to Paul's teaching in Romans. Romans chapter 1. And verse 3, Paul talking about his calling, he said, Concerning his son, underline son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, who is the son, it is Jesus Christ our Lord. This is all important. It all ties together here in Revelation chapter 12. Now go to Romans chapter 9. Verses 4 and 5, Romans chapter 9, verses 4 and 5. Speaking of God's sovereign choice of Christ and speaking of the Israelites Israelites and, and these kinsmen, he said, they are Israelites and to them, them, the Israelites, listen to this, belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, this is to the Jews, and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. So we see that the child that the uh, dragon wants to destroy is the child, um, Jesus Christ. And again, we can't look at Revelation. The book of Revelation is all chronological. There are, there's a story to be told in all of this. And much of this looks forward to what is going to happen in Revelation chapter 11. Remember, we saw the seventh trumpet open, and then we have this 
this, as Amir calls it, this story time and this story in heaven beginning to unfold a future story. But also it looks back to the mini history of Satan, <coughs> excuse me, and his desire to destroy, to destroy um, Jesus. Let's go to verse five of chapter 12. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. We saw that earlier. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Caught up to God and to his throne. Remember in Acts chapter 1, verse 9, what happened? Jesus ascended to, to heaven following his resurrection. Um, and he is seated at the right hand of God. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 1. Not, it doesn't just say that in one place. And I love that the Bible, we can use the Bible to, to um, teach the Bible. Why can we use it? Because we have multiple authors of multiple uh, backgrounds uh, writing this story uh, under the direction and guidance of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Long ago and in many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these days, he has spoken to us by who? By his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through him also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the power of or the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of God. So he went back to where he came from, from the throne room of God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Look at this. This is so good. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now is seated at the right hand um, of the throne of God. So he is, he's there. He is interceding and uh, working on our behalf. And then it says the woman fled into the wilderness. In the middle of the tribulation, the Antichrist will break the covenant with Israel. He will exalt himself as deity, even putting an image of himself in the Jewish temple. That's in 2 Thessalonians 2.4. Christ, in his Olivet Discourse, warns of how quickly the Jews will have to flee for their lives in Matthew chapter 24. The Lord will take care of his remnant of Jews in the wilderness for 1,260 days, the last part of the tribulation, the three and a half years. This is the last of the tribulation period, and this is where God, uh, through Jesus Christ, protects that remnant. And God um, is, is, is at work, at, always at work, to protect his to protect his. Uh, his, his wife, and Jesus is at work to protect his bride. Okay, we're going to have to leave it right there for today. We'll get back into it uh, tomorrow as we get back into Revelation chapter 12. Let me pray for us. Second Peter three eighteen. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you until we talk again.